All right, welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast, man. I have somebody here who uh, who is social proof. Like, this ain't theory. He's not going to give you a whole bunch of ideas of what he think works when it comes to econ, when it comes to selling high ticket, when he comes to selling somebody a $10,000 package. This ain't just play play right here. We got Mr. Mark Paul Russell. What's the word? I'm good, bro. I'm good, bro. I'm good, good. Amazing, amazing. Good. So um, I guess introduce yourself to the people, man, because I, I got a whole bunch of questions. For sure. A whole for sure. bunch. For sure. So in short, I'm Mark Quell Russell. Um, so we have a company, agency called Get Big Ticket Client. So we mainly work with individuals who um, either maybe you're an author, maybe you're a speaker, maybe you're an um, agency, you know, maybe whatever kind of offer you have. We, a lot of times we speak to authors who only have a book mm. or we speak to speakers who only speak and they only speak on stage and they only get paid um, for their keynotes or whatever the case may be, but they don't really have any monetization strategy. Or we speak to people who have a membership site that may be $20 a month, $50 a month, $100 a month, but they don't really have any back end. So people typically come to us when they want to automate their lead generation and then attract big ticket clients. So anywhere from 3000 to 10000 or more. Mm. So that's essentially what, what we do. Yeah, first off, what's wrong with writing a book and you just want to get your book out to the world, $20 at a time? Because if you sell, if you sell 20 books at $20 a piece, that's $400, extra $400 a week, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it, it just depends on your goals. So it's like, um, no authors are millionaires just from selling a book. <laughs> so if, you, if, you, if you're cool with just making, you know, that's cool, there ain't nothing wrong with it, but if you like, I want to be a millionaire author. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at Robert Kiyosaki, if you look at all these guys, they use their book as the front end. Mm-hmm. And then on the back end, they have the Robert Kiyosaki events. They have the Damon John events. They have these live events. Or they have courses or they have coaching programs or whatever. That's where the real money is made. Because even when it comes to paid advertising, if you're going to run ads, because like, for, let me use an example. So right now online, we see a lot of the um, like free plus shipping books, right? Mm-hmm. So I know guys who, to give away a book for free, it cost them $30 mm-hmm. to give away a book for free. So most people are like, well, why would I do that? Why would I pay $30 in ad spend to give away a book? Because they know on the back end, that's where the number's gonna be made. I know a guy who has a $1.99 audio book and he pays $35 to sell a $1.99 audio book. Oh, meaning, he pays thirty dollars in ads. Yes. And every thirty dollars he spends, one person buys. One person buys. Dang. Exactly. And if, he, and if one person buys for a dollar ninety nine, most people would freak out. But he knows that within thirty sixty days he has an agency on the back end. He has a five thousand dollar program on the back end. So he makes his money on the back end. And when you have a high ticket offer, you can afford more to pay to pay for the. You can pay more for the customer than your than your competitors, and that's how you kill the market. So a lot of people, they go online. I was doing, I did a podcast episode yesterday, actually. So a lot of people, they do this funnel hacking thing. So they'll go through your free plus shipping book thing, right. and they try to model it. They'll take the book offer, and they'll take the $97 thing and the 297 thing, and that's where the funnel stops, typically. Mm-hmm. But people who, like, funnel hack this funnel, they don't realize that this funnel is just a break-even funnel. So the whole idea of that funnel is just to break even. Because they know on the back end, the $10,000, the $25,000 thing, that's where the money's made. They just get the customer for free, and then they can enroll them into the back end stuff. So that's why. (laughs) All right. First of all, I got a bunch of questions. For sure. And uh, we got got some things going on, okay? Because y'all not about to leave me out at a high ticket. Because I'm the guy for the people, right? I got a coaching program. It's $47 a month, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'm on that joint every morning. But I love it. I literally love it. Um, teaching entrepreneurship and like watching somebody like with the light bulb go off but I got some aggressive goals too but before we get into that man kind of just tell your story your background because your story is wild right so I grew up in Atlanta I grew up um, drug infested environment my mom raised me and my two sisters by herself and um, where I grew up every the ideal job where I grew up is to like work for the city so if you don't know what working for the city is, that's like when you're riding down and it's like traffic on the expressway mm. and you got the guys up there with the neon jackets. Or if you live in apartments, the guys who, like city of Atlanta, the guys who coming through dumping the dumpsters and stuff like that, that's a job working for the city. And where I grew up, that was the ideal job. Like all my partners I was growing up with, they wanted to grow up and get a job working for the city. Mm. And we like eight, nine, 10 years old, but that's like the ideal job because I guess you get the benefits and all that type of stuff, right? And then people, their granddad graduated from, I mean, they um, retired from working for the city, got this pension or whatever the case may be. But for me, I was like, nah, I want to be rich. And everybody who I know who went that path isn't rich. 
So <laughs> they work jobs. You know, they only make enough just to pay the bills. We ask for a dollar to go to the candy lady. They say, we don't got, we, money don't grow on trees. You know, we don't got it. And, and as a young dude, I'm like, I can never figure out how somebody could work all week and be broke. That never registered with me. <laughs> I was just like, how is that even possible? Like, you're, ne- you're, home, you're not home, you're always at work, but you're broke. I get it, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not like- Hold on one second, let me, let me fix this. So I, and I, I, I get it, right? So I'm like, why, why is that? You know what I'm saying? So, cause my cousins, I asked my cousin for some, I wouldn't even have to ask him, he'd just give me $5. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, something happened right here. So I found out my cousin, they were selling drugs. Mm-hmm. So long story short, I ended up going that path, got on the street, started selling drugs and, um, and got good at it. Got really good at it. So you were good. I was really good. I was terrible. Bro. I was really good at it. I tried. It just did work. I got locked up one time. I was like, ah, that's safe for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I was really good at it, man. So I was like, at first it, I wasn't because I used to listen to the rap music and they used to say, well, you got to have the fat sacks and all this. Mm-hmm. So I used to get mine and I used to re-up and I used to stuff the sacks. And then I, I, I only made enough just to go back and get more. Mm-hmm. Then my big homie was like, like, let me see these sacks, bro. He was like, I don't understand. So I showed it. And he was like, bro, you're giving them way too much. And then he was like, you got to start weighing it. Like every baggie has to weigh a certain amount. And I'm like, oh. So then I went into flip mode. Now I, I got it. It was a light bulb moment. So then I got that. So I was doing that. And then, of course, you start going to jail. That just kind of comes with it. That's right. <laughs> that's, a part that's, of just, that's just part of the game. So I started going to jail. Got my first felon possession with intent early on. And I just started going. It's, it's like a, Is that a. Was that a felony? Possession with intent, yeah. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if you get caught with it backed up, it's possession with intent. Oh, wow. So that's why you I got. a lot? I had, you know, a nice little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you got five bags and it's sacked up, mm-hmm. it's possession with intent. Oh, wow. Even if it's just you smoking it. Mm-hmm. But you got to go to court and you got to beat it and get it dropped down. But I, ain't, I wasn't savvy like that because I'm young. So I went in and I took the first offender, which basically means we're going to let you out first offender. We're going to use probation. But if you come back, we're going to um, retry you on your old charge. Mm-hmm. So me being crazy, long story short, I did the same. Cause I'm like aggressive. Whatever I do, I'm like super aggressive mm-hmm. in it. So I'm like, I'm all in it. I used to study all the big kingpins. That's all I want to do. Really? Straight up. Hold on. So, so you know how like somebody studies real estate, like, oh, mm-hmm. let me find the people that's winning in real estate. So you was like looking at all the drug deals, like how are they moving, like For studying? For sure, 100%. Like Rayful Edmonds, like any of the big, like the, the Don Diva magazines and DVDs, like wow. that's my thing. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be the best in the world at this. Like. I'm gonna be really good at it. That was like my vision at the time. It was crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah, so I was all in, right? So long story short, I started getting locked up over and over and over again. I had my first son when I was 19. I was locked up at 19 on my birthday and had my first son. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get out, I'm gonna do this job thing. I'm tired of going to jail. Everybody used to be like, young blood, what you in here for? Cause I'm in there 17, 18, 19. And this guy's in there with me who like, they're so old, they're like on oxygen tanks. You know, like with the mask and like they're pulling their tank the pod and I used to be like dang I felt like that was God just kind of showing me like my future mm-hmm. if I didn't get it together you know what I'm saying so um so I got I was like you know what let me try this job thing mm-hmm. when he got a job on Bankhead at Petro a buddy of mine got me a job up there changing tires and oil on these big 18 wheelers when they come through and I worked there for like two weeks if that because I used to be covered in oil every day mm-hmm. and I'm used to being fly like you know what I'm saying so right, right. yeah so I'm like covered it's in humbling oil. experience yeah it's very humbling so I get home and it don't matter how much shower you take you just can't get oil off of your skin. So I'm like, this is crazy. So um, I worked it like two weeks and I was like, you know what? I took my um, baby mom at the time and my son to the fair and I couldn't really afford to do the stuff that I wanted you to do at like the fair. That. I ain't like that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you know what? I'm cool on this. Right. Like, I'm just gonna go back in the streets and I'm gonna make a different move. So I went back in the streets, but I started an entertainment company mm. doing artist management, club promotion. So I was taking that money you know, because I, I grew up, you know, you know, the Birdman's, the Master P's and, you know, the J Prince's and you you take that and then you put it into you start a label. That's that's kind of what you know. Right? right. So I did that. I mean, I started just kind of I couldn't rap. I mean, I could rap, but that's just not my thing. So I was like, I can get some rappers. I know some dudes who do beats. I pulled them together. We got a label. I had a buddy of mine who had a studio in his house. He can work the boards. And I was like, look, um, I'm going to get a like storefront. I was like 18. I was like. Get, I'm gonna get a storefront. You bring the equipment up there. We set it up. This is before or after you had your son. This is after. After. Yeah. So I was, hold on. You said you was 19. You was 19 when you had your son. Yeah. So I was. So I was 19. Right. Right. So right, I was right, 19. Right. So I was 19. I was out. I had just got out. Um, a few months out. I got back hustling, and I was like, "Look, I'm gonna set up the studio. 
you just bring the equipment, you run it, and then I'm gonna bring the artist, I'll pay the rent, I just need you to be on deck. So that's how we did it. So we ran the label, I mean, we ran the label, I started doing club promotions and stuff like that. And um, with my, cause I had a group and we used to always be in the club. Mm -hmm. And they knew me from when I was 17 being in the club. So one guy, one guy, one night, um, my boy Cat I called me, he like, hey look, my cousin about to start managing this club and he needs some promoters. Cause mm -hmm. you know, clubs, they thrive off the promoters. Right, right, right. So they brought me down to the club. Um, I met Angelo, he, he's a dude on the Uptown Comedy Corner, he's my guy. Oh, wow. So he was like, um, yeah man, you want a night? I was like, yeah, I don't know nothing about club promotion, but I'm like, yeah. So we called it Get, cause my label's called Get To It Enterprises. So we called it Get To It Tuesdays. We'll get to it Thursdays actually. So we started doing it there promoted and things of that nature. And then um, I was hanging in the club. Well, actually my boy B.A., you might know B.A. So B.A. Was, um, had a mixtape release party. He invited me to the mixtape release party. I went, I'm hanging in the club. And um, I got Chad. Chad mm -hmm. walks up to me and pitches me on network marketing. Really? Yeah. Chad Thompson? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to that, Chad that's Thompson. My, that's, my, that's, that's my guy. He was like brand new too. So he just came and pitched me. I knew his face. He knew my face. He thought I was my other partner, but he just knew my face. And Chad a little bit younger than mm -hmm. me. So I'm listening to him. They're like, yeah, man, we're doing this thing. You know, when people, he was like, how many, he was like, who do you know um, with a cell phone? I'm like, well, everybody I know got a cell phone. Mm -hmm. And he was like, what if you got paid every time? They paid their cell phone bill. I'm like, that'll be pretty dope. Mm -hmm. So he was like, all right, well, my mentor's going to be in town Wednesday. Were you still in the streets? I was right still in the streets. Okay. I'm like in the club kicking it, right. like drinking Patron and smoking blunts. Like, I'm still mm -hmm. in the streets. Mm -hmm. So Wednesday, they invite. Now, we still in the streets. Wednesday, I meet Chad on Camp Creek. I follow him all the way to Riverdale. Mm -hmm. I got my brother driving. He got the strap on him. He don't, he don't know where we, so we like all the way up in Riverdale. <laughs> he like, where we going, bro? I'm like, just follow him. Like, they, all, they ain't even know. Network marketing presentation we don't strapped up. We don't even know that, though. <laughs> I don't even know what network marketing is. Right. So we just following him. I'm like, nah, they not even like that. I'm like, you mm -hmm. cool. Like, don't even trip. So we, because I, I don't even know him like that, but I just kind of got the vibe like, dang, like that. You cool. So we get out there. We pull up nice house, nice cars out there. We go in. And um, they start breaking it all down. They're like, hey, all you got to do is get to it, and they'll get to it, and they'll get to it, right. and they'll get to you making all this money. And they was talking about how Chad had been making a little money. So I'm like, okay. And it was like 500 So I'm like, cool. So I dropped the 500 I was like, y'all take cash? And they was like, well, no, nah, we got to put it on the card. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. They was like, no, nah, you got to have it on the card. And I'm like, well, I don't got a bank account. I don't know. So Chad was like, look, we'll meet tomorrow. I'll take you to Walmart, get a prepaid debit card, mm -hmm. and we'll do it that way. So I'm like, bet. So I got in. I paid half for my little brother to get in. He paid the other half, so he came on board. So that was my first. Mm. So I'm like, all I gotta do is get two. Wow. I got one. <laughs> Long story short, everybody was telling me I was in a pyramid scheme. I was crazy. Well, I didn't got tricked. And I'm mm. like, what's a pyramid scheme? <laughs> I'm like, y'all know about this? And ain't nobody tell me? Like, I'm really? Right. So I stuck it out. I tried to get my grandma signed up for a home security <laughs> service, and we couldn't get her qualified. So I'm like, man, maybe I did get tricked. So I'm like, mm. it's $500. I'll get that back. I don't spent i done lost you know what i'm saying i done mm -hmm. spent that in the club just throwing it around mm -hmm. on some stupid stuff but chad and um his over here his guy deontay they were still calling me so i'm mm -hmm. like man these dudes and got me for my 500 what are they still calling me for you know what i'm saying but because oh, in the streets if you get somebody for 500 you you separate yeah exactly right, right. so i'm like they got their money why they hit me but these dudes obviously saw something in me that i ain't seen myself at the time so chad was like look man i want to help you um he gave me a laptop you know what I'm saying? Like, I had to keep it plugged up and all that. But don't matter. He gave me a laptop. Mm -hmm. and he was like, Lord, we're going to figure this thing out. And then Deontay was doing the same thing. And then I was still, like, on the fence. But they had a national conference here in Atlanta. You know the national conferences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I went to the national conference, and it was, like, two, three thousand, four thousand people there. All black people for the still most part. Still in the part. streets at this point. I'm still in the streets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I go to the event. Everybody got on suits. I got the polo cargos on. Of course. The polo, you know, <laughs> collar. I got the Cartier frames on. Mm -hmm. I'm going out and just smoke me one right before going. That's just kind of where I was, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I go to the conference. Because he's like, look, they're having a conference downtown. I'm like, bet. So crazy story. I woke up that morning to go to the conference. Mm -hmm. Me and my, um, who's my wife now, we was just kicking it. But me and her had got into it about something. I go out to get in the car and my all my tires are flat. I go out, I'm like, what has happened? All my tires flat. So I got to call the tow truck people to come get my car, take me up to the tire place on Camelton Road, get my tires fixed, then go to the conference. Your wife did that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had to be love. I knew that was bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so crazy. So I get down to the conference. I'm like, man. I'm like, they could have tricked me, but they couldn't have tricked all these people. There's no way. So I came out of that. I don't know what happened at this conference, but I came out. I started hitting some ranks. And then um, 
we started going online. So at the time, we thought marketing was just spamming our links everywhere, inboxing people to the point where Facebook like blocked us for a couple of days. Like I think we started like the Facebook jail thing mm. because we used to <laughs> we used to inbox so many people. Facebook would be like, well, you can't do anything right. for about two weeks. So we just go crazy with it. So I end up getting introduced to online marketing. Like how do you attract people to you? So I bought this ebook. It was forty dollars ebook, right? Um, it was ebook was forty dollars. Ebook was forty dollars. Because somebody on my team sent me the link and it was like, hey, you can actually build your online business by recruiting people, attracting people to you versus doing home meetings, doing home parties. Because I couldn't do home meetings and home parties right. because my warm market list, everybody in the streets. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to bring them. Like I told Chad, I'm not going to bring my people <laughs> to your house because right. you flashy. You like the way you talk. Right. They'll, get you. they'll come back. They'll right. double back. It's right. And they'll be like, look, we went over there and got your boy. Let me. Sh sh here you go. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I ain't going to put nobody in danger like that. Mm -hmm. And where I'm from, you don't just bring strangers to your house. So mm -hmm. I can't recruit you and you invite all your people to my house because that's just not my programming. We don't do that. So I'm like, I got to find a better way. So I go online, start learning this stuff, start buying courses. This is my, whole, this is my first introduction to online marketing. Like, I didn't even know this world exists. Start buying courses, and I was like, this is pretty cool. So fast forward, bro, I literally went through all my savings, like all the little money, because when I went to jail in the midst of this whole process, mm -hmm. I had a warrant. I got pulled over, had a warrant in Fulton County, and I'm sitting in the holding cell, and that was like my breaking point. I'm like, man, because... Oh, so while you was in like the... the network marketing. Network marketing. Mm -hmm. I get pulled over up. for a warrant. Damn, I'm thinking man. I'm good. So I get, because I ain't really been doing nothing. But I get pulled over, I had a warrant in Fulton County. I got my son in the back. He sleep, though. Um, then his grandma had just passed us crazy. She came back and got him. I went to Rice Street in Fulton. And then um, I'm sitting in there, and I'm like, that was just my moment when I'm like, all right, this is just for the birds. I can't do this no more. So I'm like, I'm just going to cut all my ties. And I'm just going to go all in with this network marketing thing. So I came out, got rid of whatever I had, and just went all in. But I blew through my savings that I had because I was just buying courses and buying courses, buying courses, trying to learn this stuff because I was under the assumption that knowledge is power, mm. right? The more knowledge you get, the more power you have. But it's actually completely false. It's actually applied knowledge is what the power. I wasn't implementing nothing. I was learning stuff. I was taking notes, all this different stuff, but I wasn't implementing nothing. So I went through all my savings, ended up going broke, got evicted from my apartment. And then my, who my wife now, my girl, she was like, why you ain't just say something that you was in a tight spot? But I'm like, out of ego, I wasn't going to yeah. say nothing. I was like, I figured out. But she ended up finding me an apartment for like 400 She paid the rent on it. So I got back on my feet. I'm still trying to figure this online stuff out. And then I finally got it. It had finally all started coming together. So, mm -hmm. uh, so from there, I became the number one recruiter in the last company I was with. And then people started reaching out, asking me what I was doing. Like, how are you generating leads? How are you branding yourself? Like, how, do you, how, did, you, how did you do it all, right? Mm -hmm. So people started paying me to teach them. So this, again, this is a business I didn't know exists, like information marketing. Right. People will pay you for what you know. I didn't know that exists, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, people will pay you for what you know. That's interesting. So people start paying me to show them how to brand themselves, how to do lead generation and stuff like that. Then I start coaching people. Again, business I didn't mm. know this was a thing. So I start coaching people, helping a lot of people create a lot of success. Like we didn't help clients create millions of dollars in you know, revenue for their businesses. Wow. And then we just you know, started doing the agency. So now we just full throttle on the agency helping businesses go from here to where they, you know, where they want to be like at a rapid pace. So. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> so like, just give, give me a timeline of like where we are. Like when you got out of jail, when you were in jail, sitting there like, yo, I'm done with this to your launch your agencies. Give me like a little timeline. So I got introduced to this whole world literally almost 10 years ago. So probably about nine years ago when I got introduced to this whole world. First few years was just kind of stumbling, trying to find my way. Uh, I really, like I always say, cracked the code and really kind of been on this hockey stick, you know, trajectory for probably like the past, we'll say about five years. Mm. So when I first had my first six-figure year and then started ramping it up. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Yo, so I, I, I kind of want to um, ask because you are an advocate for high-ticket sales. Like, yo, if you have a good product, it needs to be... Um, valued monetarily right. what is the psychology between a customer buying a low ticket and a high ticket good question so basically so i like high ticket because you're gonna you're gonna attract way better clients um you're gonna get way better success stories explain that because these people are more vested so if you pay 50 if somebody if somebody pay you 50 dollars for a course they most likely won't even log in mm. but if they pay you five grand they're gonna take it a little more seriously. 
but it's fifty dollars, like five hundred dollars. I paid that for the network marketing thing, and a couple a little while in, it wasn't going the way I wanted it to go, and I was like, well, it's cool. It was it was just five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I get that back, but if it was five grand or fifty grand, you're gonna take this thing a whole lot more seriously. Right. So really, it's almost because it, it could be the same product, but the price that you put on it determines how how much of a value they put in. For sure, and how you package it. So it's like, so I'm gonna give you an example. So for example, you can have an online course that's $497. They log in, they get access to about 10 modules or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Great. But what if you came in there and said, not only do you get the course, but every week I'm gonna hop on a Zoom call mm-hmm. and do Q&A, you can ask me questions or whatever. Now you got personal access. Now you just went from a $497 course to a $5,000 course. Mm. Just because you got that access and you just package it differently. Now, it's not just a course, it's actually a coaching program or however you want to position it. The way you present it. Mm-hmm. I, I made a post the other day and I got it from my boy Hazik um, where Payless set up this store called uh, Palessi or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, where they just took their Payless shoes, yep. put it in a store, exactly. and just put an outrageous price tag on it. And people were buying it. People was coming in. Yep. People I will- need that. I need it because it's the perceived value. I'm going to give you an example. And Hazik, my guy. So part of that story, when I first started managing artists, mm-hmm. I took my, because I was at my boy Flame spot, and he played a song. And I was like, he was like, this is a song I'm just playing with. I'm like, no, nah, that's dope. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let me call my guy. He does an industry night every Saturday. I'm going to see if I can get you to come through and perform. It was Hazik. Right. Hazik used to host a night at the Club Babes on Ford Industrial. Mm-hmm. And we, I hit him up. Hazik was like, yeah, come through. So when I got into network marketing, Hazik was one of the dudes I hit up. Wow. But he didn't want to hear it. Right. Then I saw him come around full circle. I'm like, dude, I tried to put you on this, right, right. you know, five years ago. But anyway, um, what was I just saying? What was the point I was making? Um, I no, no, about, about, the pay, about the pay list. Thing. Yes, yes. So my brother, last year after my birthday, my birthday party, we went to Louis Vuitton mm-hmm. in Blenix. And they got, he bought like two of these shoes. Stan, they look like Stan Smiths. You know what Stan Smiths are, yeah. right? They look like Stan Smiths, but they're Louis Vuittons. Mm-hmm. They're $800 a piece. But they look just like Stan Smith. Just like some $70 Stan. Exactly. What's the difference? It's just the perceived value. Wow. That's it. It's probably the same exact leather. But who gave Louis Vuitton to all? Who gave them permission to charge way more? They just decided we're going to be the premium. Because there's zero competitive advantage, like being the lowest priced or the medium price. But there's massive competitive advantage being the most expensive. What do you mean by competitive advantage? What is the competitive advantage? What do you mean? So for example, if you're in a race to the bottom, like if you're always trying to undercharge, mm-hmm. at some point it's like diminishing returns. So if you're like, oh, well they're charging this, well I'm gonna undercut them, I'm gonna charge lower. And that never stops. It never stops. So, but if you're like, I'm the most premium, people are gonna do everything in their power to buy the best. People like the best. You know mm. what I'm saying? People just like to do business with the best. That's the bottom. Cause like Walmart, you typically so so people who are in the game of lowest lower pricing is like Amazon. Amazon know that our people want the lowest prices and they want to get their stuff the fastest. Right. So they can undercut Walmart. Mm-hmm. But who is gonna go underprice Amazon? Nobody. Right. But what if you position yourself as a more premium, like Payless? They said Palessi, they're a more premium brand shoe. Mm-hmm. Not everybody want it. Just like we see the rappers, they talking about we got the Balenciaga shoes and all this different type of stuff. They want it just because the rappers talked about it, and then they're expensive. They're like, oh, wow, $2,000 shoes? I got to have those. Those got to be the best. And I guess a part of that is not the shoe. It's the fact that you can say, I have $2,000. Yeah, it make you, it, people, buy, people buy stuff because of how they feel. So, like, people don't go buy a $350,000 car just because they want a $350,000 car. They buy a $350,000 car because once they pull up, right. how they feel. Like, mm. people going to be like, oh, he in the news, such and such. That's why they bought it, just the feeling. They ride through the neighborhood and all the neighbors are looking. That's it. That's why people buy. So how do, you, how do you coach people on the feeling of, I don't know if it's feeling worth that amount, but like for me, honestly. So it's hard for me to say, even though I've helped people make tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. in coaching. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. 
NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's, how do I get over charging someone, hey, give me 10000 and I'll help you? Right. Like, it's something internal. So how do you coach people that are just unsure? Good question. So... What you got to realize is that you're not selling coaching. You see what I'm saying? You're not. So people think that they're selling coaching or they're selling their time or they think they're selling their expertise or their knowledge. You're really not. You're really selling the outcome of what you provide as a coach. So if somebody hires you for coaching and they work a job, they want to get off of that job so they can spend more time with their family. They want to be able to travel with their kids. They want to be able to not have to tell their kids we can't afford it. They, they want to stop telling their kids every year we're going to go to Disney but for some reason the job won't let you off or the money don't add up. You see what I'm saying? They want to be in a position where they're more confident and they can be the sole provider or whatever the case may be. That's really what they're buying. They're buying the outcome. So this person who you help or these people who you help make hundreds of thousands or whatever the case may be, their whole life changed. You know, they're more confident. They're probably in better shape. And that you could put a $10,000 price tag. Because that's what they're paying for, not the coaching. <sighs> people don't want coaching. They want the outcome. Ah, uh, you just changed my life. You just <laughs> yeah. changed my life right man, there. People don't want coaching, man. People don't want, co they want the outcome. That's it. Let's look at, that's like a personal trainer. Some personal trainers may say, well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you another example. Let's talk about a relationship, mm -hmm. a relationship coach. Some people who are relationship coaches, they charge 
what, or maybe you know, hundred dollars an hour, two hundred dollars an hour, mm-hmm. and they think they're doing something. Not, and I'm, and I'm not dissing that, right. but they're only selling relationship coaching. But then you got the other relationship coach who's charging ten thousand, because they know they're selling something different. Mm-hmm. They're selling if we can help you save your relationship, now you don't have to go through a divorce. Now you don't have to hire a lawyer. Now you don't got to go through this whole thing with your with the person you love. Wow. And y'all got to split y'all stuff up and, you know, got to put the kids through that, you know, the depression that comes through that. You don't got to deal with none of that type of stuff. That's what they're selling. We're selling you the end, the end thing. You know what wow. I'm saying? Not coaching. Okay. Changed my <laughs> life. Changed my life. Goodness gracious. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay, okay. So, I guess, tell me about your first high-ticket client. Like, the first time you said, yo, you got to pay this, and they paid it. So my first high ticket client was, um, I think it was for seven thousand dollars, because I used to do coaching, and it was like three hundred dollars a month, mm-hmm. and it was one on one. But that put me in a bind because my calendar would be avail- available to them, but they book a call, and sometimes not show up, or they'll show up fifteen twenty minutes late, mm-hmm. and then I, I I've jumped off the conference call line already. They'll text me like, "Hey, I'm on." I'm like, "Dude, this is you fifteen minutes late. You got to reschedule." So I was just kind of, my whole life was based around that. But then I hired a coach. I think I ended up paying him like 10 grand to learn his whole process. And I'm like, man, I could be charging seven grand, not be as invested time-wise, mm-hmm. but still help them get amazing results. And then you get way more committed people because mm-hmm. people want to buy the best. And when they, when they invest more, they typically are more fully invested in the process. Gotcha. Were you nervous to charge $7,000? Um, to I go went, from $300 a month to seven grand? I don't think, because I, th- I, w- I went from 300 a month, then 500 a month, and then it was like seven grand, but I don't know, I wasn't really nervous. Because mm-hmm. I literally had just, because he gave me a script, I read the script, and the person was like, all right, let's do it. So I'm like, <laughs> cool. So do you have a script that you give people? Yeah, for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's a whole process to sell in hot ticket. It's like, it's like, you get on, and it's like, I call it the doctor frame. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let me go into this. Yeah, yeah, please. please. What? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, it's like four steps to it. So like, when you get on the phone with somebody, first of all, they've applied to speak to you. So it's not like a cold call. They've went through a specific process. So this is a process I say we teach. It's called the ACE method. So we show them how to take a complete stranger and turn them into a three thousand, ten thousand or more client in seventy-two hours or less. Mm-hmm. So it's like they see an ad, they click on that ad, they opt in, they consume what we call your money content, then they schedule a call. They fill out an application, and then you pre-frame them before the call. Right. So they see other content, they see other stuff before getting on the call. Now they get on the call, it's like five steps. So number one is the rapport. So first off, you just kind of come in, hey, man, I'm looking at your application. I see it's a 213 area code. You in L.A.? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm in L.A. Okay, cool, cool, nice. You're, you're a big Lakers fan? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man. So what you think about LeBron coming out there? So you're just kind of breaking the ice. So it's not like, because they're coming in, like, feeling weird. Because, like, people have these things called a buyer's. Um, buyer's defense mechanism. You ever went in, you ever went somewhere and you was like, I ain't buying nothing, but you end up buying? Yeah. So that was your buyer's defense mechanism. So people come on the phone, mm. not even intended. When I bought my car, I was going to just check it out. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even like planning on buying, mm-hmm. but I ended up leaving with a car and then had to, <laughs> then had to buy my wife one because I couldn't just pull up with a new whip. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. So they come on the call with these buyer's defense mechanisms. But that's why you, you start with the rapport, you break the ice. Now they're like, okay, this is a real person. Mm. So now it's the rapport phase. You probably do it like two or three minutes. And then you transition. You say, okay, cool. If it's cool with you, we can go ahead and jump right into the call. Is that cool with you? They're like, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Then you transition. Then you, they've given you permission to move forward. And then you just kind of set the frame. You're like, look, this is how these calls go. You know, I'm going to ask you a few questions, see exactly where you are. And then if I'm 100% confident I can help you, then I'll tell you about what we got to offer. Mm-hmm. If I'm not 100% confident I can help you, then I'll make some other recommendations. Is that cool with you? They're like, yeah. So you let them know an offer is coming, which I already knew an offer was coming. And then you let them know, look, only if I can 100% help you, I'll make you the offer. If not, I won't make you the offer. And they're like, okay, cool. You see what I'm saying? So now they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're like, okay, cool. That's I can deal with that. Like, he ain't going to sell me if it's not in my best interest. Right. Right? So, and that's like total <laughs> integrity. That's like real. It's like, okay, if I can't help you, I'm not going to take your money because right. I can't serve you. So if somebody get on the phone with me and they like they want to start a t-shirt brand, that ain't my thing. I'll be like, let me hit my guy Dave and he can serve you better than I can. You know what I'm saying? So so yeah, so that's the second phase. We make the transition. And then you got the discovery phase. The discovery phase is when you ask the questions, like where they are, you want to find out exactly where they are. 
because people have a prefer they have the current reality and they have a preferred reality. Mm -hmm. So this is where they are right now in the current reality. So where is that? And you got to and I call it peeling the onion, like mm -hmm. four or five layers deep. Like you so somebody say, "Well, you know, what's what are you struggling with right now?" And they like, "Well, what do you want? Well, I want financial freedom." Okay. Most people will stop there and continue going. But what you really want to do is you want to go four or five layers deep. Well, what does financial freedom look like? Mm. Well, I can quit my job. Well, why do you want to quit your job? Well, so I can be home with my kids. I can put them on the bus. I can take them to school in the morning. I can, you know, go on lunch dates with my wife, take her on date night. Because when I get home now, I'm just drained. Right. And I can't do anything. I can't afford to do anything. We can just pay the bills. I'm like, okay. And now the whole time you got this doctor frame. You're not like saying, I understand. Mm -hmm. I've been there. You're just quiet. Right. All you're doing is taking notes. Just like when you go to the doctor. The doctor asks questions, they take notes. They're not in there trying to make you feel good about the situation. They're just taking notes. Okay. So how does that make you feel that you can't take that you can't take the kids to Disney? Mm. It made me feel like crap, man. It makes me feel, you know, inadequate. Right. Okay. Okay, cool. And how long has this been going on? <laughs> <laughs> You're peeling back. You're the peeling way. the onion. Because you gotta get to the real problem. If you don't if these people don't realize they got a real problem and need surgery now, mm -hmm. and you just give them a band-aid. They, they won't, you gotta be like, look, you need surgery now. So, so now you got, you found out where they are. And then you ask them, all right, 12 months from now, if we're looking back over those 12 months of us working together, what would you like to see have happened if you're really happy with your progress? Mm -hmm. Personally and professionally. And then they can give you more goals. So now you just write down all the goals, make them be specific. A oh, new car, cool, what kind of car? Right. What color? A new house, where, what side of town? Now you got them dreaming, yeah, seeing it. exactly. Because now you want to see where they want to go. Because you find out where they are, real detail, all the way down to the point of tears. Like sometimes you have people on the phone that like bust out in tears. Wow. Yeah. So, but that's cool because you got to ask these tough questions. If not, you can't serve them. It's like going to the doctor. If you go to the doctor and you tell the doctor your leg hurt, he could do malpractice if he don't ask you more questions. If he just immediately prescribes you something just because you said your leg hurt, that's malpractice. Wow. He got to ask, like, how, do, how long has it been hurting? What were you doing to make a star hurt? Why went on to play basketball? When was the last time you played basketball? You know, how, do you remember how you fell? Uh, what was going on? You know, has it swollen up? Let me see it. You said, has you had this pain in this leg before? Have you ever had a broken leg? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, because if not, he'll just prescribe you something and it's malpractice. So you got to ask these questions, and you can only serve these people if you ask them these questions. So That's cold. <laughs> That's cold. Yeah. So you find out where they are, and you find out where they want to go. Every question you ask, it widens the gap. Mm -hmm. And now you're like, okay, well, let me just recap, David, everything you told me so far, just to make sure you're on the same page. Is that cool? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, you told me you've been working, you, you've been trying to start grow your business for the past five years. Um, you haven't been able to get to the point where you want, so you still work a job at, you know, your corporate office. Um, you're making about $5,000 a month. You really want to get to $50,000 a month. The biggest reason you want to get to $50,000 a month so you can take the kids to Disney, um, so you can pay for your wedding that's coming up. Mm -hmm. And um, so you can put your wife through college. Mm -hmm. um, it's really making you feel inadequate right now that you're not able to do that, that you're not able to go to the field trips. Because when you were growing up, your dad wasn't around mm -hmm. because he was constantly working. And the money wasn't there, so it caused a lot of issues mm -hmm. with, you and your, with your dad and your mom. And you saw them argue about money all the time. And you find yourself and your wife arguing about money as well. And you don't want to go down that same path. And now you just want some personalized help to get you to that point. Do I got that all about right? <laughs> Golly, that's good. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. now they're going to be like, because you're going to get two answers. They're going to be like, wow, that's exactly what it is. Or they're going to say, wow, you said that better than I said it. Mm -hmm. Or number three, they're going to be like, wow, you actually listened to me. Because yeah. most people are so focused on the sale, they're not even focused on serving them and asking them questions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to be like, wow, you actually listened to me. You're like, is that about right? And they're like, yeah, okay, cool. So I'm 100% confident. Based on everything you told me, Dave, I'm 100% confident I can help you. Would you like me to tell you about how I can help? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now you kind of go into the offer. Well, here's what we do. Here's how I can help. Um, here's what the program looks like. Here's what it consists of. And you're talking about the benefits. And then they're like, um, and then you're like, well, that's pretty much all I have. You know, where you want to go from here? Mm -hmm. Now you're waiting on them to say, well, how much is it? Mm, because you, you don't give them the number. No, because they may not be ready for price. Because most people give the price too early. Because they go right into the price. They ain't ready for the price yet. Because they may say, you got any, you got, where you want to go from here? Any questions? They may have some questions. Mm -hmm. Oh, you say, well, you say here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, yeah. All right, cool. Then I'll say, okay, cool. Any more questions? They're like, no. Nah. I'm like, all right, well, where you want to go from here? And I'm like, well, how much does it cost? And I'm like, all right, you want to talk about the investment? 
<laughs> so because they asked the cause, I'm just reframing it to investment. They're like, yeah, let's, the investment. Oh, uh, so they say, oh, well, how much does it cost? You say, oh, you want to talk about investment. Right. Or just what's the price? Or what's gotcha. the price? Uh, oh, you want to talk about the investment? Oh, yeah, yeah, the investment. And they're like, well, here's what it looks like. Then you chunk it up. So you say, okay, all right, you want to make $50,000 a month? Mm. Yes. All right, cool. Over the next 12 months, it's going to be $600,000. 100% confident we can help you make that happen. We've done it many times before. Mm -hmm. So blah, blah, it's gonna be a whole new lifestyle, blah, 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 blah. So it's 600,000, so we chunked it up. Mm -hmm. Normally it's X, Y, Z, say maybe say 15,000, but you know, you get started right now, we give you a scholarship and it's only 10,000. Mm -hmm. Or we could split it and we do 5,500 a day or 6,000 a day and then 6,000 30 days from now. Gotcha. Which one of these options would be best for you? Right, so you went from 600,000 to 5,500 right now. So yeah. 55,000 dollars, yeah. Dang, that's <laughs> How'd you learn this stuff? Just study, man. Just study it. Thousands of calls. Just learning, studying, teaching it. Yeah. Mm. So I bought my first car when I was 15. Uh, doing, it was a different type of sales. But I used to do telemarketing. Mm. So my mom, like, she used to be really good at telemarketing. Like, they used to call it mm. like, the Michael Jordan telemarketing. Oh, really? At her office, yeah. Wow. And then she started her own office after she learned the game from the people she was working with. So I managed mm. her office at one point. And I bought my first car, I got suspended for 10 days one time, and she made me go to work instead of sitting in the house mm. with her. She made me read A Time to Kill. After I read it, I started just going out on the floor and was like, all y'all do is read this script? And she was like, yeah. She was like, you want to try it? And I'm like, yeah. So I started making some calls. I made like $800 one week and went and bought a whip. So wow. I just got a background in sales. And like, so, and just like from thousands of calls, man, because this is like consultative selling. This process we just talked about mm -hmm. is consultative selling. So it's like you're not going in like hard sales. It's more of a lean out approach versus like a lean in, got to make the sale approach. Gotcha. So they're really selling you on why you should allow them into the program. Gotcha. And so what's the, uh, the psychology be behind online selling? Because that's different, right? It's meaning like if somebody reads a sales page and stuff like that? Well, I don't know. If, if we're not, if you're selling high tickets through like an email system or some sort of system that you put right. people through. Because you do that too, right? Yeah, so typically if you're selling something for 3000 or more, it's typically going to be done over the phone. Gotcha. Okay. In most gotcha. cases. Gotcha. So 3000 5000 10000 it's going to be done over the phone. Mm. Yeah, anything lower than that you can typically do from like a webinar or something like that. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So I got just two more questions. One, um, what has been, well, it's not a question really, but give me an example of some people that you helped, like through this process. Where were they before? Were they kind of nervous mm -hmm. to you actually helping them build their business and change their life? So I got one young lady, she came to me, she was, when she came to me, she was actually, um, she wanted to learn how to drive traffic to her e-com site, because she had been doing some e-com, making about three or 4,000 a month. Mm -hmm. And she didn't want to go back to her job, and she wanted to retire her husband. So she found me online, we had a call, and her goal was to get to 15,000 a month. So, and she was telling me about the e-com stuff, but I was more interested in like, so you telling me you make four or 5,000 a month with e-com? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, do you know how many moms would love to make four mm -hmm. or $5,000 a month online and they can be home with their kids. Mm -hmm. And she was like, wow, I never thought about it. So I was like, we can package that up and turn it into a $5,000 coaching program and they'd love to pay you. And she had a specific passion for helping black moms. Mm -hmm. So she joined the program. She was like, there's no way these black moms are gonna pay 5,000. I was like, just trust the process. She did it by month four, she was at like 20,000 a month. She, um, she, she, she retired her husband. They took the kids to Disney, something they've been wanting to do and they went to London for a full month and they came wow. back. She did like 51000 when she got back that one month, and then she retired her, um, her mom and then moved the entire family out to, out here to Atlanta. Amazing. So that's one example. And then a buddy of mine, they have a, um, and she went on to do like 400 k that year. Mm -hmm. So, Golly. yeah, <laughs> she went on to do like 400 k that year. And then a buddy of mine, he, um, they had a 997 offer that they were selling from a webinar. $997? So yeah. Okay. So I helped them bolt on a $5,000 offer. So like when people buy the 997, they go through a process to schedule a call and they sell them on the 5,000. Mm -hmm. So just from that, they added like an extra 120,000 in revenue in about 90 days. Yes, yeah. goodness gracious. <laughs> so you can help any speaker, author, mm -hmm. um, especially coaches, obviously, uh, but anybody that desires to make more money in the same amount of time. For sure. Right? Because so, somebody was telling me, it might have been you, that it takes the same, no, I think it was my man James. No, uh, maybe boom, I don't know, I talked to a whole lot of people. Um, it takes the same amount of money to make $100. I mean, it takes the same amount of energy to make $100 as it does to make 1000 For sure, for sure. And people gotta understand, like, it's easier, I learned this from my guy Myron, it's easier to make a lot of money in a little bit of time 
than it is to make a little bit of money in a long period of time. So it's easier to make $30,000 in a month than it is to make $30,000 in a year. It's easier to make $30,000 in a week than it is to make $30,000 in a month. Golly. It's easier to make $30,000 in a day than it is to make $30,000 in a week. That sounds good, Marco. It sounds it's, it's good. It's facts. Think about it. Let's, let's look at it this way. Let's look at it this way. Let's, let's, let's really break it down so it's not just like sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right, to make $30,000 in a year, right? Okay, now that's hard. Hmm? That's hard. That's hard. 30000 You see <laughs> what I'm saying? We're on the same page with that. That's you got to work a lot of hours. Yeah. Like you got to work like 40 hours a week. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Missing time with your family, the whole night sitting in traffic. If you want to make $30,000 in a month, you got a $5,000 offer. You only got to sell one or two of those a week, and you do it from the house. Okay. Like I got, I got dressed to come do this interview. Typically, I'm at the house in like pajama pants or my gym <laughs> stuff just from the gym. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, or... You may have a $30,000 thing. You only got to sell one of those a month. So if you yeah, put, if you put I don't care. So if you put all your effort, in, let's say you had a $50,000 package, mm. and every month you put all your focus on selling one of those. You think mm. you could do it? Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. And you only got to sell one? <laughs> okay, okay. You won me over. I'm with you. I'm with you. So I got a buddy. We launched his ads two weeks ago. He, um, we launched his ads. Within about five days, he got 356 leads and he had 30 book calls. People who scheduled a call to buy his $5,000 thing. I'm like, dude, he only had spent like four or $500 in ad spend. Mm. His offer is $5,000. I'm like, dude, if you don't sell one of these 30, we got to talk. Because right. I'm like, anybody can sell one out of 30 right. into a $5,000 thing. You done made a, a 10 and one on your ad spend. You done made $10 for a dollar in ads. Now mm. we just put gasoline on it and just scale it up. God. So it's easy to make a lot of money in a little bit of time than it is to make. I know it's, it's a huge mindset shift because we, yeah. we're, we're, t- we're taught you got to work hard. Um, it's all about, anytime I go speak, you probably experience the same thing when you go talk to kids. Mm-hmm. How do you make money whatever? Oh, you got to work hard. You got to do this because that's what we're taught. Mm-hmm. But it's really not about work. Now, do you got to put in work? Of course. Mm-hmm. But you got to work harder on yourself. That's really where the work is done, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not rocket science. You find a problem that you want to solve. You solve it. And you become the best at it, and you become the most expensive. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Because <laughs> yesterday when we was at lunch, I had this big complex thing, like this whole idea in my head. And he was like, "Yo, open up quick, phones. Oh, bang, bang, bang. The, the joint's done." I'm like, "Yo, what?" <laughs> I'm like, "Hold on, hold on, man. Run that back. It was crazy." So um, I, I want to, I want to wrap this joint up. I mean, I promise you, I can ask you questions all day, I'm with it, man. and I probably will, you know, after this camera's off. But uh, make sure y'all are following Marquette. When sure. I tell you, a brilliant, brilliant man. Appreciate y'all it. need to follow him. But I got one question. So um, I like to make predictions on my podcast, and I want to know where Marquell Russell is going to be in the next five to 10 years. If you could put it out there, because I want to be able to watch this in 2029 right. and say, yo, Marquell said this 10 years ago he was going to do it, right. and look at him now. Right. So our, our focus is like, I get more excited about the money that our clients make mm-hmm. than what I make, right? Because I've always been blessed to know how to make money, even when I was like just doing nonsense. Mm-hmm. So... I, my focus is over the next five years to help create $100 million in new revenue for clients. Mm-hmm. So $100 million, so that's $20 million a year at least. And that's like being conservative over the next five years. Over the next 10 years to 10x that. So go from $100 million in new revenue for clients to a $1 billion in revenue for clients. Wow. Yeah. Y'all so crazy because you told me your goal this year was to create $20 million in revenue. For clients. Yep. So taking 20 clients to a million. Yep. I just want to sign up. Sign me up. First of all, okay, we in here. So, uh, yo, Marco. Here's the cool thing. Let me just add this Mm -hmm. about the hot ticket thing. Mm -hmm. When you're charging more, you can actually go to the back more to help your clients get results. Mm -hmm. If you got 5,000 people in the program, so like, for example, you see these online launches all the time, Mm -hmm. and they'll sign up to 3,000 people within about 30 days. Mm -hmm. But you can't really service all these people. You see what I'm saying? Because it's so many. But if you're like, all right, look, I want to make a million dollars this year, let's just for example. You got something for 5000 what, you only got to sell 200 of those a year. Mm-hmm. And you can really go to bat. You can really provide the resources to help these people get results. Wow. And that's really the, the cool thing. So I'm like, we don't got to work with a whole bunch of people. We just work with a, with a, a nice bit of them, the ideal clients. Mm-hmm. And then it just creates a ripple effect because now they're going to go out and serve people. And they're going to go out and serve people. Now they're going to get their message out. And that's how we change the world. It's just a ripple effect. 
Yo, Marquel, thank you so much, man. Sure, I appreciate bro. it. Please let everybody know how they can find you. Other than the fact that Marquel is going to be speaking at Social Proof, had to put him on. Yo, I literally, like, I, I just had to, like, m maneuver some stuff to make sure that he was on the platform. I appreciate it. Not only your expertise is what I, I respect, but um, your genuineness. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the genuine. Anytime I ask Marquel something, I'm like, yo, bet. Yeah, I got you. No problem. It don't be... It don't really be about nothing. There's no like secret agenda or nothing like that. Yeah. And ever since I've ever met Marquel, he's been um, just, just, just that humble person. So um, I, I really, really need y'all to follow Marquel. Make sure you follow his journey. Take part in his, his, his information. Um, but yeah, let everybody know how they can find you. Yeah. So if you go to MarquelRussell.com, so that's M-A-R-Q-U-E-L. R-U-S-S-E-L-L.com. I got a ton of free stuff over there. So the podcast, just a ton of free content. We do like, I think like book reviews, like once a week, do podcasts, all kind of content. When we launch a new campaign, I'm typically making videos like, hey, we just launched this campaign. This is the results of the campaign. So we're showing all the different type of stuff. And um, I'm on Instagram, Marquel Russell. I got to get my Instagram up like you though. Oh uh, yeah, I got you, I baby. Get, I, I got you. Instagram up. So I got, I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. I got a ton of YouTube stuff. Mark, um, YouTube, Marquel Russell. Um, Facebook, when you reach out to him, I'm a real person. Shoot me a message. I, I check my own messages. I'm a real person, man. Just hit me up. Like, however I can serve you. I'm, or, or if I can't serve you, I'll, you know, point you in the right direction. So, Marquel Russell on all platforms. Absolutely, man. Just close this out. Give us uh, something for the people to know. I would just say um, my biggest thing is, like, create a vision. People always ask me, like, what's the secret? It's like, you got to have a vision that's bigger than you, mm -hmm. right? So the social proof brand is like bigger than you. Right, right. So that gets you out of bed early. That gets you up at late at night. So create a vision, be really specific and like detailed, mm -hmm. and even take a step further and write it down. Mm -hmm. And then every day review that vision, read it. Because when things get when when things get challenging, you know, when your client when you lose a client or when somebody tells you no, or something happens with, with family, or whatever happens. That's going to help you get through it. So your vision, you just remembering when things get, because things, it's going to, it's entrepreneurship. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. challenges. But when you got a crystal clear vision, you're like, okay, this is just part of the journey. I got to go through this to get to where I am. And once you do that and you stay focused on that vision, you literally become unstoppable. Like if it's a big wall, you'll find out, okay, my vision, I either got to go over this wall or I got to go around it or I got to just go through it. But I figure out, you know what I'm saying? So that vision, do that, focus on it, read it every day to keep reminding yourself. And the subconscious mind works so crazy, you'd be surprised all the resources that just come together yeah. to make it a reality, man. So, yeah, that's it. Follow him, okay? I need y'all to follow him. <laughs> well, I appreciate you. I appreciate brother. you, bro. Let's get to bro, work. We, we about to have a meeting right now. Let's do it. I need to take something to 10,000. Let's right? do it. <laughs> follow Mark well, man. Peace. Peace.